Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined, as always, uh, by the one and only AJ Hayfley. AJ, uh, it's the offseason. This sucks. Uh, super bored. And no one wants to talk about anything but the refs because the Sharks are going to win the Stanley Cup on the back of the Zebras. So um, that's life, though. What can you do, right? You know, I'd be really curious if a team ever names itself the Zebras. If like there's C- like Seattle should just name themselves the Zebras. The, the, at this point, the Sharks should change their name, man. Because <laughs> my goodness, I mean, not well, and, uh, and then you have jerseys that look just like the uh, the officials' uniforms, and then you just go from there and you just roll except the dice. horizontal stripes. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Technically except, different. Except horizontal stripes are an affront to mankind. Eh. But no, I mean, it's not to keep harping on the Sharks, but dude, how many breaks can you get? It's how been many, crazy. I mean, how, how many? Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Every team gets breaks throughout a game. How many game-changing, series-defining breaks can you get in one playoff run? This is beyond puck luck. This is beyond PDO. This is beyond superstition. This, at this point, you're almost like, okay, okay. Who is it that wants them to win? Is it, is it hockey Jesus or is it Gary Bettman? Because at this (laughs) point, it's the crazy part of it is, dude. Is I mean, I don't think like the fix is in or anything ridiculous like that. It's just no. It's just insane to watch. That one team, because like every year you get teams that benefit from questionable decisions, you know, right. Columbus had that game, you know, that, that goal where they scored that went into the netting and they didn't call that. And that ended up being a huge, uh, a huge play in that game. Mm -hmm. But like the sharks have gotten like in, in the two elimination games, the two biggest games of the season that they've had. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like their game sevens. They got every break. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's 
back-to-back game sevens, and then last night you're in overtime to take, you know, to take back control, home ice, give yourself a lead in the series, and you get away with a hand pass to directly set up the game-winning goal. That's, you know, if it was one of those things where they made a hand pass in the neutral zone and two minutes later it went in, yeah, he centered the puck with a hand pass. Right, that was my argument with people last night who were like, Oh well, was it the officials' fault that they didn't uh, that they that the Blues didn't cover the guys in the slot? And I'm like, they shouldn't have covered the guys in the slot. There was no physical way to get the puck there without doing something illegal, right? Like you know they should have been they should have been going after the puck because that guy wasn't able to play the puck in any kind of legal manner. They should have right. been protected. So for me, it was just and and that's like you know with the Avs, you hey you have a whole period. Especially you score 51 seconds in the third period. You got 19 minutes left to score the tying goal. Yeah. And they dominated yeah. play. Like they had their opportunities and they had a, they they had their chances. They just couldn't quite get it done. Like there was still game to be played. The Vegas one blows my mind even more because they blew the lead that they got and had to go and win it in overtime. But they still had to go and win it in overtime. Like there was still work to be done there. In both of those situations, they had to prevent Colorado. They had to go win in overtime against Vegas, and then they had to prevent Colorado from getting the game-time goal. They got the job done in both of those situations. Last night was not that case. It was the illegal play led directly to the game-winning goal, and it was obvious. And and the NHL came out today, and they just shrugged, and they were like, our bad again. Right, and, and, and you know, man, I – I get annoyed with bummer. the with the people that oh well you know uh uh you, you know they had a chance oh well, I saw someone's going the Blues shouldn't have left it to the very last play it's like that's sports man there's back and forth it comes down to one play a lot a lot of the time it comes down to one play and and you're giving. It's, you're not giving. I don't. I don't. I don't want this to come across like I'm saying the refs have handed them two series wins and a game three overtime win. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if you're the San Jose Sharks in those moments where it matters the most, and those moments where you have to hold a team off, and those moments where where you know it, the the chips are down, everything's on the line. Man, oh man, have they gotten a lot of help in those moments. I'm not saying they haven't yeah, earned the right to be have. in those moments. I'm not saying right, like, that, that they aren't. They've played really well. They have, and they're a really good team with a lot of really good players. But I don't think that, that there's any argument in saying that, hey, without a huge push on the butt from the refs, they wouldn't even have been in round one, or they wouldn't even have been out of round one. And, and yeah, I mean, very likely. Right. And, and, you know, you could make the argument that if the Avs tie that game up, they're feeling it's a completely different game. You, right. you can't make you any assumptions. 2-2 two, two halfway through game seven is very different than the 3-1 that they got immediately after as Colorado was still reeling from the call being, uh, the goal being called right. back. Which, again, like, that's on Colorado and, and San Jose executed, right? Like, but San Jose also wasn't on the wrong end of either one of those calls. Right. And, 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 and people – and, like, I've seen, like, the Sharks fans try to be like, oh, well, what about these calls here, the the phantom high stick here, this, that, and, like, stuff that they feel like they've gotten screwed on. And it's like, look, none of that is game-changing. Right. Because nobody but you guys remember it. Right. 
Like, and in and, and games, and it's like, look, nobody has ever won a championship without good fortune along the way. Mm-hmm. You, you have to get lucky along the way. There have to be things that just break in your favor. Just take it. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's, it's, and, and that was my point I made a couple weeks ago right after that. Because again, you see all these, uh, you know, all these, all these Sharks fans that, yeah, oh, well, no, I guess no other team has ever gotten a lucky break. It's like, shut up. You, 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 you're on an insane miracle from the heavens run right now that you should right. have been out of 25 days ago. Yeah, like you're lucky and good. Just take it. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and that's, I think my biggest thing is look, Just take we it, all man. know you, you, your, your run should have stopped. The app should have never had to see the sharks. We should have never even had that conversation. You got there. You got lucky again. And guess what? Now you're lucky insanely lucky again just take it don't rub it in anybody's face and if you win a cup you know what know a little bit that that if we could put an asterisk on that silver beauty we would but it's the cup and just take it and that's and that's life and if that's what it's going to take for them to exercise all their demons and win the cup then why should they care why should they care what the rest of us think take your cup win and make your circle around the ice and, you know, hang the world. Like, screw the rest of us. You know what, though, Just man? If, if, live it up. if No, straight up, if it, if it had been reversed and Colorado had gotten insanely lucky like that and they were in and they were up 2-1 in the Western Conference, you know what I'd be saying? Life is hard, baby. No, I know. We got I, but, but Everybody got lucky along the way. Life is hard. But it to me, it's one of those things that as a Sharks fan, and again, I hate when people say, do you really want to win it that way? The answer is automatically yes every time. You always, <laughs> yeah, I do. You always want to win instead of not win. But you know, if I'm a if I'm a lifelong Sharks fan, and you've been through all that and the disappointment, is there not a little part of you that's like, damn, it sucks that it had to be this way? And like deep down, never publicly, you go to the parade, you rub it in everybody's face. But at the same time, oh, yeah. you know that you can't fully rub it in everyone's face because. You're not there without – forget strokes of luck and forget, like you said, everyone's got to be lucky. This this is now bordering on another level. This is like cosmic proportions. Like this is this is like if Uatu the Watcher had started interfering in Civil War. <laughs> and I know that – I know that there's not going to be a lot of people that maybe necessarily understand what I just said, but the ones that do know what's Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and 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 I hate that we've used our first segment to talk about this, but you and I only had two topics anyway, so YOLO. Um, but, you know, I was just telling True someone enough. on Twitter, what, what, what I think bums me out the most, the most about all this, AJ, is when you step back and take the San Jose Sharks out of it, what a fun playoff year this has been. There's been upsets. Yep. There's been amazing games, skill all over the place. And what I think sucks the most is is through all of that, what you know, you and I just spent a segment talking about how the sharks have yeah. gotten call after call after call, and a team that we thought, hey, maybe they could be there, is now it's like you know, for the outside world that isn't sharks fans, it's like, yeah, but they shouldn't be, you know, like it, it's it's just kind of completely flipped what we thought it was going to be coming in about the sharks of powerhouse team they added eric carlson they added gustav nyquist look out now it's yeah they shouldn't really be here and they got away with another one that sucks anyways 
What else is happening? Oh, the Bruins are beating the crap out of the Hurricanes? Great. And, like, Logan Couture is on an amazing run. And we're not talking. No, we're not talking about that. Right. We're talking about officiating. Right. No one. No one cares about Logan crew. Couture. Right. Another playoff crew got removed from the postseason because of a call that they made in a Sharks game. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, just crazy stuff, man. It's been it's been crazy. Um, Boston just made it three nothing. It's you know, I have to. I'll okay. I have I have like a dirty confession here. <laughs> As much as I like, I own a bunch of jerks t-shirt because um, I've loved watching what what Carolina did throughout the season and and how they you know they galvanized that that fan base and it's a fan base that gets you know it gets a fair amount of flack for not being very large in size or not being ever present if you will mm-hmm. uh, when the team hasn't won very much lately, but. Watching them have as much fun as they did this year, I thought was awesome. And I thought it was in some ways inspiring, you know, just reminding everybody that you can have a little bit of fun in pro sports. Mm-hmm. And and then all of that, you know, all that built up, you know, all the all the silliness and the storm surges and Justin Williams being this weird like voodoo master in game sevens of his own. Crazy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then they had to go in the second round and start thumping their chest about how loud their crowd mm-hmm. was. And you know that I'm not a superstitious guy. Yep. But universe doesn't like chest thumping like that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the universe is all about balance. And as soon as you start thumping your chest, the universe is going to universe is going to go out of its way to sit you back down and, and remind you that humility is a thing that you ought to value pretty highly. And what I had loved about Carolina's run up until that point was there hadn't been any of that. There hadn't been, we're, we're winning and we're winning the right way. And we're winning in a way that you guys wish you could be. And we're having more fun than you. There was none of that. It was just, we're just over here having fun, baby. Sorry. You can't, sorry. You can't enjoy that. Sorry. You can't appreciate you got to find a reason to be upset about it because we're just over here having a good time. We're just over here winning games and doing our thing and enjoying ourselves and being true to our identity. And then they started the chest thumping about how loud it was. And now it's like, yeah, now it's game four and you guys are on the verge of being swept. Yep. How loud is it now? Yep. yep. And the universe is all about balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The universe is Thanos. <laughs> Uh, AJ, let's take a break. When we come back, Issa Lindell uh, inks his extension today. What that might mean for a couple upcoming abs. Uh, restricted free agents. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's in our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a 
full PA system ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no wait, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Segment number two, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Uh, AJ, Issa Lindell, six years, $5.8 million per year. Let's let's get right in it. No one here in Denver cares about Issa Lindell. Who we do care about is Nikita Zadorov. What does this contract mean for Nikita Zadorov? Well, first of all, I took a bunch of flack on Twitter because I compared the contract to Seth Jones's contract. First of all, I'd like to say all y'all were correct. That was a bad call by me. Huh. Uh, I was on my way to the office to record a Broncos podcast and had no numbers in front of me. The only guy that I could think of off the top of my head that was a good defenseman that was making in the high fives or in the five million dollar range was Seth Jones. And so I use a contract that was signed several years ago. Bad call by me. It was not a good comparable. All y'all were dead correct. That said, y'all can all gear it down now because uh, he's a good player, but... I'm going to stick to my argument. He's just not, he's not worth that. And, you know, I know he's coming off a 32 point season, which is mighty respectable. And he was clearly one of the top three defenders for Dallas this year. Next to John Klingberg and uh, Miro Heiskanen. But that's a lot of money. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a lot of money for a guy and coming out, you know, 32 points, nothing to, nothing to turn your nose up at. You know, but for me, that just felt like it raised the bar way over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree that that, you know, I mean, let me uh, let me let me pull something up here. It's just it's it seems like, you know, you even said on Twitter and we talked about it the other day. Don't reset a market just for the sake of resetting a market. You know what I mean? You didn't. Yeah, why did you need have to do that right. as the first team to do this? So, some guys that are some guys that are uh, coming up in as, as RFA's this summer. Okay, uh, obviously Nikita Zadorov, uh, but other guys, you know, Cody Cece, Ryan Murray, Zach Wierenski, Jacob Truba, all RFA's this year. 
Now, not, you know, different situations for each of those guys. You know, some, you know, Warensky's coming off an ELC. Uh, Truba is like in his last year of RFA. So not all apples to apples here, but defensemen that are all RFAs. And the first one that gets signed is Lindell at 5.8 mil per after a 32-point season. And I think last year he had 27 as well. Yeah, he was. He was 27 last year. And so you're talking like, okay, this is this is good, solid, like good production. This is better than defensive defenseman production, but it's not offensive defenseman production. Right. And he got that kind of in-between number, right? He got that he got that Shea Theodore, Nate Schmidt kind of contract number. Mm-hmm. Except I think both of those guys are gonna be much better. Or I would take both of those guys over Ethan Lindell today. Yeah. And that's that's the interesting part. So, like, and the effect that it's going to have is that it's going to drag the lesser guys behind him up, right? And that's where this—that's where all of this comes right on around to Nikita Zadorov, who before this contract, before the Lindell deal, I would have said that he'll probably go to arbitration, uh, and he'll probably ask for four or five million dollars in arbitration and the ads will probably ask for three million dollars in arbitration knowing that Lindell is going to make 5.8 million coming off a 32 point season uh Zadorov has 34 points the last two years combined that also includes a grand total of three points in 18 playoff games the last two years and none in their their 12 playoff games this year so what I'm saying is, offensively prolific, he is not. Now, he has seven goals in each of the last two years, and that's meaningful. Like, goals from defensemen are great to have. It's nice that the, he can he can do that every couple a couple of games, you know? Every couple of games. It's like once every, like, <sighs> 11 games. Um, so it's, you know, it's... He's got 14 goals in two years, but just 34 points. And I think that is going to take him from a probable contract in the $3 million range. And I think it's going to move him all the way, probably up to a three, seven, five, a four, a $4 million range. And that's where you want to start being really careful with him because you do that. And then your defense is starting to get a little pricey. You know, Eric Johnson's making 6 million. Tyson Berry's got five and a half. Ian Cole's at 4.25. If Nikita Zadorov gets to gets to 4 million, is Ian Cole just $250,000 better than Zadorov? It, it's, it's, it's a tough conversation, man. And, and and this is part of you go back to last summer. What makes the Ian Cole term difficult to to swallow a little bit here? Different conversation though for a different time. Let me ask you this, AJ. To you, what is Issa Lindell worth? And I've got a follow-up question to this, obviously, here in a second. I a couple of people asked me that, and I would have said four five to four seven five, I think would have been fair. And they did the big thing with the Lindell deal is they did buy out a handful of uh UFA years. And so you pay a little bit more. But paying a little bit more would have been like Right, I was gonna five. say, I mean, there, there, there's pl- there's paying a little bit more, and then there's you know, overpaying by as much as they did. 
Now, now let me let me ask you this: um, What's Nikita Zadorov worth to you? Three. Over how long? I would give him over two years. So six total. What? Yeah, six million total. I'd give him three million dollars over two years and let him continue to try to develop the offense. We know who we have a pretty good idea who he is defensively. He's a he's a thunderous hitter. Gets himself into some trouble. Has a legitimate. Has he just problem. not done enough for himself? Let me because because you know it's it's one of those things where here we are again. You know we're sitting talking about another another two year deal and and you know what what's going to happen with Z? Do they need to try to trade? Him? What, you know what is it about about him that that we can't. I don't. I don't want to say. Um, I don't want to say that we don't believe in him. But but you know what is what does this kid need to do? How does he get away from just the the bridge deal every couple of years? Oh well, I mean he needs to clean up that game, and the fact that he's still as young as he is gives you hope that it's possible. He's twenty four years old now. Uh, you know he's barely twenty four, so. You know, you're hopeful that he's able to clean up that game and continue to improve. You know, he's got 292 regular season games mm-hmm. played in the NHL. Like, now it's – you have a good idea of who he is. You have a good idea of who he's not, and he's not going to be a top-pairing defenseman. Uh, he's got some decent underlying numbers. Uh, I went and looked at him today. There What's are some your good new ceiling for Z? There. Uh, I think a steady second pairing guy that gives you about 25 points, 10-ish, 10 to 12 goals, uh, and and leads, you know, is, is a, annually a, a league leader in hits or, you know, is, is certainly up there if he's not number one. And he's a guy that takes too many penalties but can be, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a, a more physical, higher goal-scoring version of what they have in Ian Cole right now. You know, a solid, like, reliable second-pairing defenseman that's going to make some mistakes with the puck, going to have some brain farts, going to do some silly stuff, but can help you defensively, can bring a more dynamic element uh, to, to the defense with, with the intimidation and with, with the heavy hitting that he brings. Uh, it's not irrelevant. What he does well is not like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like that. It's just that he's he has not reached the heights I was hoping he would after the junior career he had. You know, this is a guy that his last go-round in juniors, you know, he had 30 points in 36 games, including 11 goals. He was a, he was a very well-rounded player, and that offense just has not come right. with him uh, to, to the NHL. It just, it just hasn't, and that, that – Points pay all over the place. Points pay. That's true for forwards and defensemen. And that makes it that makes his value really difficult because a lot of times you're able to say, hey, this guy got X number of points. Let's all right, cool. Well, uh, well, a defenseman that uh that does put up the points is Tyson Barry. And I know you guys are shocked, but we'll be talking a little bit about him here on the other side. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. 
The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, we have trip to Streamsong, we have a trip to Bandon Dunes, we have a trip to Sand Valley, and then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage, Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley. We are already in what feels like the thick of the offseason, and we're just a few days into it. Um, contracts are starting to be signed uh, by other teams, kind of setting the market for uh, – uh, where things are going to fall this summer for, for UFAs, for RFAs, uh, for, for guys that are a year out, we're kind of starting to see that, that market reset, um, here as, as, as we're, we're down to just now three teams officially as the Carolina hurricanes have been swept out of the Eastern conference finals. Um, so we're down to three teams. So a lot of teams are starting to make moves. A lot of teams are looking at contracts, things like that. AJ, we talked about Nikita Zadorov there in that last segment, talking about hey he hasn't really developed that offensive part of his game and and whether you like it whether you don't like it whether you're indifferent on it to your point points pay Tyson Berry has maybe been maybe maybe been one of the Avs most consistent point producers for the last number of years he is heading into uh unrestricted free agency next summer we've talked about it a lot we've talked about it for years let's start here if the ads are going to make a trade for, or not for Tyson Berry, but including Tyson Berry. Yeah, a Tyson Berry deal. A Tyson Berry deal. We've got a pretty good idea now that, hey, this is going to be a hockey deal. This isn't a futures thing. This is something saying, hey, you have a need for an offensive defenseman. We have a need for a... AJ Hayfley fills in the blank. How? What kind of deal gets it done? How can you pry away this 60-point defenseman from the abs? Well, it's got to be – I mean, it's got to – you've got to – basically what your goal is if you're trading with the abs is you're saying, okay, well, we're going to get 60 points on the back end. Uh, we need to give up 60 points on the front end because that's what Colorado needs. Mm-hmm. They need 60 points up front. They're not going to give up 60 points for 30 points and a pick. Right. They want 60 points for 60 points, which makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. You know, why Why would you, which is which is why the whole Kasperi Kapanen thing is, has always been, you know, Toronto makes perfect sense. But that dude is, you know, he played in their top six all year and he had a 44-point season. 
It's a nice year. It's a good young player. He's 22 years old. It's not enough. Right. It's not, it's not what you're after. It's not, it's just not good enough. I'm sorry, but it's just not. That conversation is William Nylander. If you're talking about like Toronto, just speci- specifically with Toronto, it's William Nylander. That's a 60-point guy. He had two 60-point seasons before the holdout last year, and they came back and obviously was not right. Uh, you know, he's gone up. <laughs> it's, fun to, it's funny to see him absolutely shredding uh, world championships right now uh, with eight points in three games. But that's a guy that you fully expect has a bounce back and continues on with his career as a 60-point guy. I feel pretty comfortable that the 27 points he had this past season – with the holdout and all the other stuff that went down, probably an anomaly. And so, you know, you'd be trading, you know, second second line for second line. And each team would be getting a little something that they need. You know, Toronto would get immediate help on the back end on a on a blue line that arguably was their was their weakest point this year and kept them from advancing further in the playoffs than they did. And it shuffles their money around a little bit. They're going to have to sign Mitch Marner. They've got to figure out what to do with Patrick Marlowe. They've got a lot of decisions to make. But that would definitely help them out. Um, it would it would just sort of swap problems for them. You know, it would take the it would save them money for one year anyway because Nylander makes right under seven million and. Um, Barry is at 5.5. So they'd save a little bit of money this year. They'd obviously have to re-sign Barry next year and have that conversation. But that's the kind of deal that you're talking about. It's it's going to be Nylander. You know, it's it's not going to be any of this. It's none of this Caspery Kapanen stuff. And if you look at Edmonton, it's not going to be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So let me ask you this then. And because I, I am sure there's people that, that are out there listening right now having this thought. And, and there's an answer for it. If you're going to swap 60 points for 60 points, why do it? Well, because one, you're balancing the positions where those points are coming from. uh, And you're balancing the money and the, ideally you're balancing the money and you're giving up a guy that's about to get a big. So, and, and, and and go ahead. You're, you're doing it in favor of a guy that might be a, a year or two younger, maybe four years younger. And, you know, the case of uh, Nylander, it's like yeah. five years, uh, which, you know, it would not be a one for one. There would have to be like other stuff in there to kind of balance all those little factors. You have to tinker right. with it a little bit. But those are the principles. So now let's let's shift to the next part of the conversation here. So you say, okay. all right, so you're getting a guy that's a couple years younger. You're kind of reallocating those mm-hmm. points. Is it just, yeah. is the big advantage here and, and why this, a, a move like that would make sense for the abs. You know, you know what you've got to pay. You're going to have to pay him 6.9 until 2024. You don't have to worry about, yeah. are we going to have to give Tyson Berry eight, 8.5, depending on what the mm-hmm. market does. You know, again, I'm not, this isn't me advocating that they do that. I'm just saying, is that kind of, mm-hmm. you're almost kind of buying some insurance. You're saying, hey, look, there's a guy we know, we know it's going to be similar production and we know the cost. We don't have to worry about any of these variables. 
yeah, your cost certainty plays a huge role in it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes, uh, the cost the cost certainty is a big factor in that, and knowing that the six point nine and just continuing to use Nylander here, the six point nine that you'd be paying is lower than whatever Barry is going to make on his UFA deal uh, next season. Like mm-hmm. just flat out, man. The answer is yes, absolutely. Like that's a big reasonable part of that conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you're looking, you're realistically, I mean, you're, that's a, that's a major factor in these talks. Yeah. Is that, and that's why, you know, and, and, that's also the difficulty here. Colorado doesn't have to do damn thing about this. They don't have right. to do any of this. You've got to come and make it worth Colorado's while to do it. This is not something that they're forced into. And Sackick said that they would talk to Barry uh, about a new deal, and they were very comfortable going into the season with the group that they had. And when you asked, you know, you're, you're comfortable, um, why, you know, why do it? at all in the first place. Well, and and the reason is again, like I said, you know, you swap the points for the points, but there's also a chance, you know, an outside chance, but there's also a chance that Kale McCarr makes up those Mm -hmm. points. And then you get 60 points from a defenseman and you get 60 points from a forward that you previously didn't have. Whereas you're probably not going to get 60 points from both Barry and McCarr. Like realistically, that's hard. It's hard to have, the ice time spread out, especially for guys who play the same side. Although we have seen they've been pretty free about moving guys around uh, situationally, but primarily they're going to play on the same side of the ice. So they won't spend a lot of time together. And it's, you know, only one of those guys is going to get to be on the ice with the top line a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the guy that's going to be able to get some freebies there and, and be able to chip in major points and, the power play and blah, 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 blah. If both guys ended up with 60 points yeah. next year, that's great. I mean, if Tyson Berry ends up with 60 points and Kale McCarr has a 40 point season, you, you're probably back in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. You're in good shape. Um, AJ going, let's get some final thoughts for today. I think, you know, I think that's kind of a good starting point as, as we're going to have a lot of uh, different developments on, Tyson Berry and Nikita Zadorov, as this summer goes on, more contracts are signed. Like we said, th- th- today was kind of the first day that we're going to see the market take a little bit of shape. Yeah. Um, That's the first like big it, money deal that I can recall being signed this season, this offseason. Uh, I think all the others have been uh, ELCs or like one year deals, two year deals, you know, very, very minor, uh, you know, minor guys. This is, the first like big one where teams are looking at that deal and saying that's a contract comparable that we'll be using. Yep. So, so with that, with this kind of being the first one, again, we're, we're going to be waiting for, for more to come out and that'll, that'll kind of give us a better idea. So until then, uh, AJ, final thoughts for the day. First off, man, uh, I'm really looking forward to a summer in which we talk about Tyson Berry, every other show. (laughs) <laughs> that is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I, uh, I will actually say what what Joe Sackick said at his press conference kind of uh, killed the mood, if you will, on uh, a, a little bit because it really it really removed the element of any kind of futures deal being possible, 
and turned it into strictly just the kind of hockey deal, the Nylander-esque deal that we were talking about. And their comfort moving in without a contract next season, I don't love that, but we'll see. You know, that'll be something we get into. Uh, that, that, that'll be a whole other bag of worms that we get into as the year goes on uh, and as the summer takes its shape. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to follow the dynamic of this Tyson Berry story. Um, I certainly hope that come July 1st, they just sneak an extension out there and we don't have to worry about this anymore. And the conversation ends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the conversation becomes, will Eric Johnson wave his no movement clause in the expansion draft for the next two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think if, if uh, Tyson Berry gets an extension, I think the conversation Flips from Tyson Berry to Eric Johnson, for sure, man. Um, well, if that's it, if that's all we've got. Uh, I do have one additional note. Um, I said yeah on yesterday's show that I would touch on this on today's show. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Adrian Dater was with us for the last couple of years. Uh, the parties have decided to go their separate ways at this point. Um, obviously getting into the specifics of that is not necessary. Um, Everybody has to make their choices and decide what's best for them at some point. Uh, Go ahead. ahead. Well, I I was going to say, I mean, there's really, you know, there's really nothing to get into. You know, I, 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 you know, not drum. It's not dramatic. I was going to say, I I had someone ask me, Oh, so what happened? I was like, no, nothing. Exactly what you just said. It was, Hey, this isn't right for me. This isn't right for us right now. Yeah. Meh. You know, so there's, I just, I just wanted to point that out that, you know, I, I don't want anyone looking into what you just said as far as we don't need to get into the story. There really, there yeah. honestly isn't, isn't much of one, you know, it's, it's all good. And I'm sure you're going to get to that here in a second. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I want to say, you know, thanks to Adrian data for the last two years that, you know, he's been with us and he's been grinding away and he's been pushing the BSN Denver brand. And, uh, you know, he's been an amazing uh, presence for us. And and behind the scenes, he's been so productive for us. And I've learned so much from him, just watching him every day. Uh, and, you know, being the sponge is just kind of soaking up all the, all the knowledge and, and kind of the know-how and how he went about the job. And, you know, the way, the the mindset that he had and, and working and, doing what he does and you know it's it was a great benefit to me and he was a great benefit to psn denver and you know certainly we'll miss we'll miss his presence and you know we'll miss we'll miss his talent and and everything he brought to the table um but i you know personally there's no animosity uh i talked to him on the phone yesterday uh he and i you know i'm hoping that he finds his way back to the arena wherever he ends up next season. And so, you know, we can, uh, we can go back to, to arguing about Nikita Zadorov or Tyson Berry and which one's more valuable uh, and, and doing our, our, you know, our uh, old man, young man routine. So I, uh, you know, again, just wanted to put it out there that saying thank you to him and um, everything that he helped me with and hooked me up with all the, all the knowledge and the know-how over the, over the last couple of years, uh, and, uh, well, we were, we were better for his presence and now it's all time to move on and B 
BSN Denver, BSN Avalanche, not going anywhere but up. So looking looking forward to the future and can't wait to get to it. Here's uh here's what I'll say. Um AD was a pain in the ass to work with, and there were days that he made you want to rip your hair out. Uh, yeah. But it There's was the reason I'm bald now. Yeah, uh, but it, <laughs> but it was it, yeah. it was always just because uh, because he's a perfectionist and he wants to make sure that anything he's putting his name on is uh, you know is the highest quality and and you know he stands behind his work and and what he says and stuff and and so you know he he, he was it, it's you know there were days that that we, we both wanted to just wring his neck. And there were days uh, where, you know, you and I would be, uh, you know, on the phone or texting each other like, Oh my gosh. But it was, it was all just because he wanted to give uh, you know, 250% and, and make sure that, that what he was putting out there or what we were putting out there was something that we could all be proud of. Um, I wasn't going to say anything cause he left me out of his tweet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but no, did love it. <laughs> no, but you know, I think the story's out there now that, that kind of um, the thing that, that, that kind of solidified me with BSN when I was trying to get in was, uh, was something that AD called me up and asked me to do kind of on a whim in, in relation to Matt Duchesne. Um, and, and he called me up and, and, and I remember him telling me, Hey, you know, if you do this, good things are going to happen. You know, if you, if you're willing to do stuff like this, good things will happen for you. Um, so, so definitely a shout out to AD um, for for everything he did uh, for us, with us, and uh, and and yeah, I hope uh, I hope if he's not back to the rink, he 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 finds something that that he he enjoys spending his time doing. He he's a funny dude. He's a weird guy. I've, I've never met anyone like Adrian Dater. So I hope AD can keep being AD with uh, with whatever he whatever he's doing next. So. Yeah, if he if he decides to move on uh, from covering the abs and covering hockey, holy lordy, look out whatever he decides to do because you have a whirlwind of a man coming yeah. your way. <laughs> uh, all good things to AD. Big shout out to him uh, and anyone that supported us because of him. We hope we can keep you on uh, now that he's gone. But for the this evening, we are going to get out of here. I need to get some food in my belly, AJ. Uh, we are barreling towards the weekend and, uh, some nice weather, some nice weather is upon us. So hopefully if you're, if you're not listening to, if this is the last thing you hear before the weekend, enjoy your weekend. If not, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow for AJ Hayfley. I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast. Thanks so much for listening guys.